handoff to Jonathan oh. Taylor. Hughes hole. He's at the 30. He's going to go. 10, 5, touchdown. Jonathan Taylor made a man miss the line of scrimmage and then runs it into Pater. And a one-handed INT. Are you kidding me? Kenny Moore. What a play by Naheem Hines. What is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice Colts podcast. Yes, indeed, I am still alive. Cody Felger here. Chris Presley, my good friend, here with me as well. Chris, how you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? I think we're both probably a little sunburnt today. You, you're <laughs> out of town and on helicopters and doing all sorts of fun things. <laughs> right. It was it was a lot of fun. It was my first time ever going on a helicopter before and pretty reasonable price. So I was like, absolutely. And uh, it was definitely well worth it. But uh, yeah, so, you know, just decided to hop on here because, you know, we love Colts Nation. We want to talk about it even on our days off. So here we are. There's been a lot of rumors, Chris, about Julio Jones, right? And yeah. about potentially to Indianapolis. Doesn't make a lot of sense. We're going to talk about it, kind of give our thoughts on Julio Jones. And Chris, the way I kind of want to do this is I want to look at a couple different kind of uh, factors that we can play into this and how we think maybe, you know, does Julio make sense for the Colts or not? Uh, the first thing I, I want to talk about here is his production. I mean, last year, 771 yards, three touchdowns, wasn't one of his better years. But, Chris, he's consistently been a 1,000 to 1,500-yard receiver. In fact, he's led the league twice in receiving yards. Um, and a couple of years ago, he nearly had 2,000 receiving yards back in 2015. Yeah. So from that standpoint, Chris, you can't argue from the production of Julio Jones. No, you can't. And the Colts have wanted a big-body receiver. They hope to get that out of Pittman. Obviously, in a rookie season, you're going to take your lumps. He looks good. Um, I think Colts are, at least Colts Nation, are kind of interested to see if Desmond Patman breaks onto the field this season with his big body. But, yeah, you can't argue, from a, selfishly from a fantasy standpoint, I had Julio for a couple years in a row, and it seemed like for whatever reason, once the Falcons got into the red zone, he didn't get those touchdown catches. Hmm. He got a lot of yards, but his touchdowns have gone down over the years. But you still can't can't argue that he's not one of the top go get it at the top of the apex type receivers in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, forgot to mention, I mean, just the sheer size of the guy, six foot three, well over 200 pounds. I mean, he is a force, mm-hmm. uh, a freak of nature really at the wide receiver position. Um, but then you do factor in the age, right? He's been playing for a long time. He just turned 32 back in February. And, uh, you know, obviously you have those guys like Frank Gore who are just kind of timeless guys, right? It seems like they just are like fine wine. You know, they just get better with age, it seems like. But, you know, with wide receiver, I mean, Julio Jones getting up there in age, and also I'll just factor in the injury as well. Um, This last season was the least amount of games he's played Mm -hmm. in a couple years. So, I mean, I'm just never a fan of those two factors combined together right? The age and the injury that he's come, coming off of. How much do you think of a factor that is potentially for the Colts to weigh uh, with a guy like Julio Jones? I think you have to, and you have to look around the league and see what people, at least in the rumor mill, which it's all smoke screens, as we know, going into the draft season of what people are willing to give up. And even though one of the most respected wide receivers, at least in my opinion, if you look back over the couple of years, Larry Fitzgerald, who told Kyler Murray on the sideline, like, hey, that's watch him. He's like one of the best players. Like, watch him in warmups. 
But I started to kind of think, ironically, to your Frank Gore point, when we got Frank Gore and Andre Johnson, I was hoping that was going to be, okay, the Colts finally went out and spent money. Well, we Mm -hmm. found out that Frank Gore was able to still give us viable years. But Andre Johnson, he was 34, 33 at the time. Right. This didn't happen. So you kind of get a little weary on going to get a guy like Julio Jones because you don't know if he's going to have the productivity like Andre Johnson or if he's going to have a bounce back here and perform to his ability. Yeah. I mean, that is certainly something I just, yeah, after the Andre Johnson, really after that off season, uh, I think I'm always hesitant to signing guys well over 30, um, especially to multi-year contracts. If you did trade for Julio Jones, right. First off, you mentioned the draft capital, like what would it require to get a player of his caliber? Would the Colts even be willing, especially with the Carson Wentz trade, you may not even have a first round pick next year. Is it worth trading maybe your second-round pick or third-round pick when your draft resources next year will be kind of limited based off of that once trade? Yeah, you're going to have to, and that's the biggest part that I think Chris Ballard is going to have to shuffle around on the jigsaw puzzle is Pro Football Focus put out a kind of mock uh, trade example with the Titans, which was interesting because obviously they're in our division. Yeah, I'll just read that off. They were having the Falcons – to get the second, fourth, and fifth round pick from the Titans next year in exchange for Julio Jones and their fifth pick. So swapping fifths, Titans get Julio Jones, and then the Falcons get a second and fourth. At that point, I would probably gamble on it, but you have to remember, like you said, if all plays out well, Colts aren't having a first-round pick. Eric Fisher, we don't know what he's going to produce on a one-year deal. So in all likelihood, you would think that – Colts are probably going to use that second round pick on a left tackle, but they still seem to surprise us like they did this year with taking two defensive ends. So Chris Ballard and his team, you know, I'm still going to put my faith in them until they prove me wrong, but it just does make it a little bit harder when you don't have a first round pick next year, because then I would be willing to trade a second. But when your second is realistically your first and you don't have enough capital really to trade up, it's going to be a tough putt. Mm. And even that contract you'd have to eat as well. I mean, just looking at the sheer contracts, the Colts are going to have to dish out. You think they're going to extend Leonard and Smith, maybe even guys like Hines. Uh, You just look at it. I just don't know if the numbers add up, Chris, with Mm -hmm. how much you're going to have to pay some of these guys. I feel like it's already going to be decently tight with extending your own guys. Now you add one of the highest paid receivers in the league to your room. I mean, my goodness, you're not going to be able to afford. I think if you do this, you're not going to be able to maybe afford Naheem Hines or one of those guys, maybe even one of the guys, your core pieces you want to extend. If you are if you choose to pay a guy like Julio Jones the kind of money that that contract when he signed back in 2019, $66 million for three yeah. years. So that is a lot to take on from a contract standpoint. Yeah, and you would need you would need Atlanta to also then agree to take on some of that uh, some of that money and if you're Atlanta, why would you? You're, you know, you're trying to. If you're going to get rid of him, you want to offload him completely. I would think so. Right. You want to get as much out of it as you can and not handcuff yourself. So, even though he's still a top ten receiver in the league when healthy, Ballard just has never. Until Ballard makes a move like that, I just don't think that that kind of fits into his scheme as a GM. Yeah, this seems more honestly, and I know it's a lot different scenario, obviously, but it does seem kind of Grixon like to do something like that to basically take a gamble a little bit. I mean, obviously, Julio's less of a gamble, I would say, than Andre Johnson at 34, but 
you know what I mean, like a 30-plus receiver that, that was injured last year. You trade high capital and you wouldn't be able to resign one of your guys. That's almost more of a Grixon than Ballard move, in my opinion, kind of looking at, like, at it like that. I mean, he, he might be productive. Honestly, Chris, I kind of look at it kind of like this, and it'll lead into the next point. It's like, would you rather have a 32-year-old Julio Jones or a player at the premium position like offensive tackle like Braden Smith? Yeah. And, and I would, I mean, I think the majority of Colts Nation would say Braden Smith all day, right? And, uh, you know, would you rather have one guy as opposed to, or like two guys as opposed to like retaining all your guys? I think I would prefer to do that. Um, and that kind of leads me to my next point. You mentioned Michael Pittman at the top, right? What would this do to Michael Pittman? Because he, obviously, Julio Jones, you can't argue he's going to probably a Hall of Famer, no question. But Michael Pittman, from a size standpoint, kind of is the same kind of receiver, right, in that way. Um, he's both a bigger possession type of receiver. So I guess the question is, what kind of role would Julio even have? I mean, you, you could find a role for him, but would he take Pittman's role? What would that mean for Pittman? You know, the Colts really believe in Pittman. You know, what would this mean, I guess, for this wide receiver room? Would it be too crowded as well? Yeah. My hope would be um... – I don't know. It's tough because I've always felt like T.Y., if you look at the way that the uh, Patriots used to run their offense where Edelman would come in motion and run out of the slot, I've always thought T.Y. would play one slot. But he's just an outside receiver to this point. And if Paris Campbell comes back healthy, fingers crossed, and he's looked really good so far in camp. I know it's only been a couple days or OTAs, I should say. Um, Then that's where it does start to get a little jumbled up because if you move T.Y. to the slot – and I think with Frank, I would under I would probably guess that they don't necessarily say a one, two, and a three. I think the way that they try and get the ball into everyone's hands, even though naturally the outside guy's the one, the next outside's two, and inside's three, it could kind of be dispersed. But yeah, I mean Pittman, and then you gotta think about the kind of funny fact of you'd have a num- another number eleven coming in. That's true. Go, <laughs> more, more number drama. Oh, man. Yeah, do I give up my number to Julio Jones now? So <laughs> that's just a side funny note. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know what you would then do because I feel like Pascal's proved himself to be the three. Um, Paris Campbell, if healthy, is going to be there, and then I think Pittman and Pascal kind of trade in and out. But yeah, yeah. It, it's it's one of those things where if you're not in Colts Nation or you're not a part of the AFC South or really even an avid fan, if you're just kind of a casual fan, you might look at our roster and those names might not jump off the, the sheet for you. But if you're the Colts and you know what we can do, especially with Naheem Hines and probably seeing where we're going to move him around, then you kind of are trying to put, you know, you have one football. It's kind of like basketball when they had, you know, Harden and Durant and Kyrie. It's like we have one basketball who we're going to give it to. Yeah. It's kind of the same with football. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I agree with your point there. Yeah, absolutely. I just, yeah, I think a lot of people, like you said, like outside of Coles fans, they kind of like are on, they think, oh, T.Y. Hilton's, he's older. Okay. And they don't really have anybody else that's proven. But I mean, I feel like the Colts feel pretty good about their top, especially their top four wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, none of these guys at this point, maybe Pittman's probably the guy that you would say absolutely could develop into maybe a star in the league at this point. Um 
But I think I feel like the Colts just have really solid receivers. And like you mentioned, what they like to do with their offense as well. And, and it sounds bad to use the word get by, but I feel like if you're going to get by at wide receiver, you could certainly do worse than the top four guys the Colts have right now. And not to mention their tight ends. How they, We know how much they love to use. They have three. You think tight ends that can create mismatches and are really decent tight ends. Uh, we'll see what happens with Granson, obviously. But you got two guys you feel pretty confident about, and then Granson, who you're excited about as well. So this Colts offense is no slouch, man. It, it really mm-hmm. isn't. And uh, and I like what the Colts do. Even guys like the Michael Harris, who was used in kind of, you know, a little bit kind of sprinkled in at certain points. I think the Colts liked what they saw in him. So this wide receiver room, while it's not, you know, they don't have an alpha dog like a Julio Jones. I like this wide receiver room. I think they can really help out Carson Wentz quite a lot. And, uh, you know, if, like you mentioned, if Paris Campbell can get back, man, he showed in that first game last year, he can be a mismatch nightmare as well. So, all right, final verdict before we end this video, Chris. Should the Colts trade for Julio Jones, your opinion, yes or no? I'm going to say no. And the reason I'm going to say no, again, goes back to the point where if Michael Pittman Jr. has an offseason – like a normal offseason last year with Phillip Rivers and can kind of develop that repertoire. And even though it's a new quarterback this year with Carson Wentz, there's still a difference from going from the college game to a pro game in terms of knowing the reps, knowing where you need to be, listening underneath the veteran. I think we saw that a little bit towards the end of the season with Pittman Jr. You know, it kind of got out of the gate slow. And that was, I think, something that we all really expected with all rookies because they didn't know the systems or the games as well as they could. So if you're telling me I'm getting Marlon Mack, Taylor, and Hines, and heck, even Wilson or Wilkins if they if they keep them because they have such a good running back core, and then the four receivers that we already mentioned, and then possibly Patman, and then like you said, the tight ends, I don't know if I want to give up that draft capital knowing that, okay, we're kicking the tires on Eric Fisher. If he doesn't work out, we can trade our two to possibly get to trade our two and maybe another pick to jump up into the first round to get the left tackle mm-hmm. or that left or in that second round, that left tackle is going to be the guy that we draft. So yeah. as much as it hurts me to say, and as much as I think Julio is a stud this late in the, this late in his career, I'm still just going to stick with what we have and know that we need to build more next year. Absolutely. And I think a lot of times people think, they, they look at it kind of like Madden, <laughs> and I have to tell people consistently, this is not Madden. There's a whole lot of factors that go into this. Like, in theory, yeah, it'd be great to add a Julio Jones, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of factors, like we mentioned, um, in real life that I think would, would lead me to say the same thing, would lead me to say no. I think what the Colts need to do right now is just stick with their receivers. They feel good about them. It feels like they're get, they're building a good repertoire with Carson Wentz so far. Um, been hearing really positive things about him, too, which has been really exciting. So, uh, yeah, that'll do it for this one, guys, on our look on should the Colts trade for Julio Jones. We're going to say no. We're going to say no for those reasons we said. But let us know in the comments below, what do you guys think? Do you think the Colts should trade for Julio Jones? Would you be for it? Would you be against it? Let us know. That'll do it for this one, guys. Thank you, Chris, for coming on. It's always a pleasure, man. And as always, guys, go Colts.